Last One to the Party, the podcast where we check in with someone who's checking out a classic film, long-running TV show, or legendary performer for the very first time. Welcome to this episode of Last One to the Party. I'm James Eason, and my wife Jessica and I are hosting this podcast, and we are pleased to welcome Rebecca Delgado-Smith to offer a rebuttal. Rebecca is a talented actor and writer, and in fact, she is Jessica's writing partner. They both wrote together recently on The Big Show Show on Netflix and are working on a couple of other projects right now. She's really funny, really talented. We are delighted to have her on here and tell us how she came to see Titanic and fall in love with Titanic and how it's become a bit of a ritual for her. So let's waste no more time and jump right into the episode where Rebecca Delgado-Smith gives us her rebuttal on our opinion of Titanic. We had Lisa Timmons on talking about Titanic, and we three, Lisa, Jessica, and I, all had kind of a shared opinion about Titanic, and you have a differing opinion. Oh, don't worry. I heard. Yes. I heard that opinion loud and clear. Give me the history of when did you see it? How old were you? Did you see it when it first came out? Did you see it multiple times? Give me the whole rundown of how you came to experience Titanic. I I probably hadn't had my keen say yet. So these were my pre-keen say years, or or maybe just around. And... old enough to have a boyfriend love is in the air what can love be what is romance these are the questions that are running through my mind and i went to go see titanic at the movie theater i loved it obviously i told my mom that i wanted to go see it again she said there's no way you already saw it once i don't understand people who see go to a movie theater why would you pay the exact amount of money to go see a movie (laughs) that you already, it it didn't make sense to her. So I convinced a friend of mine to, you know, that she needed to also see Titanic and we went together. So that was, I, I got to go a second time in the movie theaters and it was, you know, a spectacular, a feat. It was a beautiful story, a historical tragedy. And uh, I cry every single time I watch the movie. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old I am, how long it's been, whether it's 2020 and we're in a pandemic and nothing seems to matter anymore, I still cry. You've answered my follow-up question, but just to be clear, you have seen it recently and it still has the same effect for you. (laughs) I I, I don't know if I've seen it uh, during quarantine, but... It does still have, the, the feeling is still there. I, I've seen it recently, let's just say. With the, the, in 2020, I have seen Titanic. Now, do you watch it like once a year? Is it a like a pilgrimage? Like Wizard of Oz? Is it a regular seasonal thing you do every April? Yes. On my wedding anniversary. No, you don't. Year. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and you turn to Chris and you say, why can't you be more like him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I watch it whenever it's on, whenever I get a chance. It's that movie that, like, if it's playing, you have to watch. That's what it is for me. For you. I hear you. For me, it's Goodfellas, but we're all different. <laughs> I, that's a good one, too, though. That's a, I understand that. Yeah. Different vibe. It's a slightly different vibe. <laughs> a different kind of love story. When you say you cry, is it at different points? Or is there a specific, is there, like, one scene where you're like, oh, here it comes? Oh, it's at the end. After our dear uh, Leo... Guys, 
It's waterworks. When he slips away into the deep blue, that's the deep crying. Yeah. And honestly, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, if you're not crying, you don't have a heart. (laughs) Yep. I might not have one. I don't (laughs) believe I cried at that moment. Can I ask you why? (laughs) I think because I was like, this movie's still going on. And also because I think I knew that was going to come. And when I saw it the first time, I, I also was like, this is too long. But I will say for me, going back to when you were like, who pays to see a movie that, you know, the same movie again in the movie theater? That was seeing Train Spotting. I saw Train Spotting. I think I paid to see the movie four times in the movie theater because I was in love with Ewan McGregor, a heroin chic looking Ewan McGregor. So we all have different types. Jess has a fondness for, for movies about really damaged men, <laughs> which as she starts to pile up these references, <laughs> I start to worry about what that says about me. <laughs> Ewan McGregor, like Moulin Rouge is Ooh, my number yes. two. Okay, now. Attack of the Clones, right? <laughs> right, guys? Yeah. No. Bye-bye. No, no you're no. on your own. Rebecca, I did not know that. Now, Moulin Rouge, we can talk. Now, this is a love story. This I can cry at. But, Jess, there, there's so much there. Look, of course, Titanic is not a musical, and we don't have John Leguizamo, like, on his knees playing. <laughs> my Colombian brethren. On his knees. Being a little person. Uh, spectacular performance, by the way. No, truly. But, uh, you know, what? I, what is so incredible about these two masterpieces is they managed to, to incorporate a, an ultimate epic love story with a historical time period. And those two things are key. For you. Now, Rebecca should go into this because this is for Rebecca, right? This, These are two of your favorite things. I think you should go on more. Like why not everyone needs a historic. Well, that I don't know. What, you do. What is wrong with you? Yes. So, you know, you want the historical tragedy. You want the historic time period. And I can go on and on about uh, how James Cameron is actually... Turns out he's a pretty good historian. For a director, he's a great historian. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. He gets it right. So many things about the movie are so accurate. You know, obviously we know that the love story is not real, but there are so many parts of the movie that he manages to incorporate parts of the true historical experience into the movie. And the list goes on and on. The the band was playing when the Titanic went down. That is true. The 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 men at the lookout did not have binoculars. So that scene where they're cold and they see the iceberg and he's not wearing binoculars, that's true. That was a, an epic historical fail. The amount of time that it took, <laughs> this is why the movie feels so real. <laughs> or or <laughs> why the movie is so long. It actually took that long to sink. It took about two hours to sink. The uh, Molly Brown, the um, the unsinkable Molly Brown, that is a true historical character, the Kathy Bates character. She was this nouveau riche, you know, woman who was loudmouth and people didn't like her. And she did survive the Titanic and she did want to go back and, you know, save people. That is true. On your podcast, on The Alarmist, your first episode, I believe, was on the actual history of the Titanic. And you judged that the captain and society were guilty. (laughs) The patriarchy, actually. (laughs) 
yeah. The yeah. Uh, the toxic masculine patriarchy was to blame for Titanic sinking. That's right. And I stand by that. I You should. I can literally blame the patriarchy for almost all of history's tragedies. But in particular, it was very egregious for this disaster. The hubris. It, yes, the yes. hubris, exactly. The, the captain wanting to get to New York faster and speeding up the boat, which, again, uh, James Cameron nails. By nails, you mean he wrote a scene in which they say that <laughs> happened. They catch a one three-second shot of the captain going, speed her up a that's little. Right. That's the full right. Context. That's right. It informs the Rose and Jack love scene so much more to know that the captain is speeding it up. Necessary if you want the context, you know? Of the things that Lisa or Jess or I brought up as criticisms of the movie, are there any specifics that you want to rebut at this time are there anything did anything stand out to you as like oh you're not seeing that correctly you know what i mean any of those things yes two things off the top of my head one of them is the length of the movie now okay i agree maybe we don't need the old woman the current scenes i mean it's two hours and 40 minutes but it goes by like it's two hours and 35 minutes <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> I mean, it was like a blink of an eye for me. <laughs> <laughs> I personally think that you do need the setup of the love story. I don't think you can just start the movie with the sinking of the ship. Start it with the sinking of the ship. Two hours later, ship is sunk. It's Andy Warhol's <laughs> Titanic. It happens in real time. This isn't an episode of 24. <laughs> um, so that's the first, right? You So you think the length was perfect, right? It served its purpose. I mean, listen, maybe it's a little long, but not too long for you. Exactly. You could have had some cuts, you know, right, right. nobody really stood up to James Cameron and said, we don't need this. But I understand what he was trying to do with getting us to care. You know, you got to care about someone on the boat if you're going to care about the boat sinking. I personally would have wanted to maybe see the Kathy Bates character, Molly, I wouldn't have minded her story. She has an incredible story. There were other people on the ship that could have been like more historically accurate, but it, nothing is as, as sexy as Kate Winslet and Leo. So you need it. And I actually want to go back. I don't know the story of, I was like, well, Molly Brown. So like what was, because I think Kathy Bates was hired and she, I think when the script came out, she had a big part and they just edited her out of the movie because how does she sign on for three scenes? My guess is that her role was going to be a very small role and then they got Kathy Bates to do it and they're like, okay, we got to add some scenes. Oh, the opposite, you think? I think it's the opposite because there were, um, there are other historical like characters in the movie that they don't spend a lot of time with, but they're there. So, you know, the, the couple that it like dies in bed, the older couple. Yes. Yes. The water rushes, yes. Like a really good scene. Very cinematic. <laughs> and <laughs> Who are they? Who are they in real life? Older couple was Isidore and Ida Strauss. Oh, from the Strauss department wow. store that has been defunct for decades now, but at the time was a big, huge department store. And they were an old, older couple. And when the lifeboats came out, he, they wanted to put both of them on a lifeboat. But And he said, I'm not going on a lifeboat until all of the women and children are, are on boats. And he refused to go on the lifeboat. When she heard him say that, they, you know, they were trying to put her on a lifeboat. And she said, no, I'm not going without him. And it's just one of the most beautiful epic love stories. Wow. They're kind of like the old Rose and Jack. Yeah. Except for she also passed. 
She did pass. Yeah, they both died. She jumped off the figurative door with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So now, since you're, you know a lot about history and this movie, you, there's a scene that I found very upsetting where the mother is tucking her children away to a slow death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Is that from uh, history or is that just that happened perhaps? That's supposed to represent the amount of people who were in the third class Right. Because, you know, there were different tiers. There were the first class passengers, second class passengers, and third class. And a lot of the people in the third class died. The worst thing to be was a man on the ship. And I think it, I think as the stats go, it was like the worst thing to be was a man on the second class. Okay. But a lot of women and children did die in the second and uh, third class. So I think that's what it was supposed to represent. Well, they have that other scene where, right, don't they? They're locking them in. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I think that has more to do with oh, okay. the raising the stakes of, of Rose and Jack's oh, okay. uh, love story. So that isn't historically correct. In my research, I have not found that they locked the doors. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. James Cameron. He's being fictional with the fictional characters. Right. He's not showing them locking in people who are representing real people. Right. That's why he does such a good job. My other thing, I know you're laughing. Uh, my, my other uh, rebuttal disagreement it has to do with the Fabrizio character. As we like to call him, Pizza Mario. Hey, your pizza's are here. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I got to find him on IMDb. Rebecca's not only my writing partner. She also is the teacher, my guru of IMDb, because I don't know how to use that website at all. And Rebecca has taught me so many things about it recently. That's right. It's literally just a simple search, but okay. Thank you. So the Fabrizio, first of all, (laughs) he's an Austrian guy is what I'm saying. Fantastic. Danny Nucci. That seems like a good (laughs) casting choice out the gate. You have to remember though, this is the 90s and they weren't as culturally sensitive per se. No, I believe this is around the time Marissa Tomei was in some movie where they're all Puerto Rican. (laughs) Yeah, like it was called like the Garcia family. Oh, the Perez family. Perez, yeah. And she was the lead. And I was like, "Mm -hmm, sure. (laughs) With Danny Nucci's credits, I'm looking on IMDb and just a quick glance shows you him playing Gilbert Tellez. In another movie, he's Danny Rivetti. And then right after that, he's Rico Sanchez, Lieutenant Shepard. He's covering all the bases. He's got one of those faces. It's, uh, you know, uh, ethnically ambiguous, as they call it. He looks Italian, though. You're right. I mean, listen, his last name's Nucci, for God's sake. Yeah, who knows? The thing is, uh, it was over the top. I do agree that the accent was maybe a little much. (laughs) But I will say that I was excited to at least see someone that might have sort of been a tiny bit brown. (laughs) Girl, I feel you. I know. You're like, oh, my God, someone like us. I see you. We're there. We were alive during this period. Exactly. We were in the the Titanic. Sure, we were in the third class and we died. But, you know, it it felt like it could have been me. I could have been that Irish girl that he was having uh, fun with at at the, you know, midnight party the night before. That's right. I feel like you might love that scene at the Irish party. Don't get me started. It's, It's one of the best scenes in the whole movie. I would love to know why. Well, 
it shows a bit of defiance from the Rose character. It shows a, an upstairs downstairs quality to the dynamic of of the time period. And I love an upstairs downstairs romance, bromance. No, I guess not bromance, more romance. But romance, it was yeah, because she's you know. Here's the thing. In that time, it must have been so hard to even fathom. So I try and put myself in the shoes of the people of that time period. And that kind of social class colliding, you know, the, the yeah. mixing, It was so taboo mingling, that it was, must have been nuts. It must have been sexy. There's something sexy about it. Oh, yes. Dangerous. <laughs> I agree with you. I think what hurts it, and this is me, and I'm just going to say it. I'm going to get, I might get some, some well, I don't know pushback some 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 mad emails i don't find irish jig dancing very sexy that was my only thing i'm like i get they're irish and this is what they're gonna do i just wish it i don't know i wish it was a sexier kind of dance it it felt very like i would do in my recitals and that's it just took me out all the stomps oh but what about those like irish um those famous irish dancers (laughs) you mean river dance the dance of sex and lust (laughs) and just Poking your legs out with no hips involved? That dance? Yeah. Look, yeah. it's not that. It's not dirty dancing. No, girl, no. But it would have been weird. It's not the Lombada. <laughs> Lombada. <laughs> the sexiest dance of all. <laughs> right? Wasn't, that made a, they made a movie out of Lombada, I'm pretty sure. Lombada, James? No, I don't think uh, so, but I maybe. I mean, they should. They should. Maybe I'm thinking of La Bamba. <laughs> That's very, <laughs> very different stories. This is my husband, by the way. <laughs> there was a movie that came out in 1990 called The Forbidden Dance that oh. is apparently all about the, the Lombada. Okay, well, there you go. All right. Well, sure. It's not the Lombada. But it would have been weird if all of these Irish people who were on the boat and who would have been in the third tier were all of a sudden dancing like salsa. <laughs> No, no, you're right. You're correct. I guess I just wanted like maybe a cutaway with them like kind of close. I mean, they do have a little couple close dancing, but just a little bit more. But maybe I I wanted it too much. Two things I want to say. One is I looked up what's his name? The the German born actor. His name is Eric Braden. And he played Victor Newman, I think, for maybe 100 years on uh, The Young and the Restless. That's who I'm talking about. And he did play John Jacob Astor. Oh, amazing. You nailed that. So I nailed it. You know, and also, James Cameron, thanks for giving a soap star a real part. Because, I mean, you know what I'm saying? No, no. Listen, I'll take any role. So it's not like I'm like soap stars, but they don't usually get big roles or a role in something like the Titanic, right? That's true. Yeah. That was a huge get. It's a huge get. Okay. My second thing is this. Lisa and I, more than James, had a lot of thoughts about young Leo and whether we were attracted to young Leo. I think... I might be wrong. You might feel a different way about young Leo. Yes, I actually feel the opposite. (gasps) You guys love an old Leo. I love an old Leo. I do. No, I want the baby boy. (laughs) You want growing pains, Leo? You want Gilbert Grape, Leo? Yes. (laughs) Romeo and Juliet, Leo? Yes, yes. After, what was it? uh, uh, Kings of New York or? Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York. Yeah, I'm out. Oh, I think I'm he's attracted. I think in Gangs of New York, he's not young Leo anymore. Exactly. So you're you don't the Venn diagram where you guys meet. It's mid period Leo. Well, do we? Do you find him attractive in Gangs of New York? Or you're saying you're done with him in Gangs no, of New York? No, I'm <gasps> done. I'm done. 
Oh, see, He's too old I'm just getting me. started then because departed Leo is to me prime Leo. I don't want anything to do with that. Wow. All right. So you like a young boy, a young, young, young boy. <laughs> just in my Leo. Just uh, <laughs> Only as it pertains to Leo, because otherwise this conversation is going to get unseemly fast. Yeah. Okay. So you like a young yeah. Leo. Is it the floppy hair? Yeah. The baby cheeks? What is yeah. it? Is it the squinty-eyed, smoldering, tight-skinned sexiness? He has bad skin. He doesn't have tight skin. He does not have tight skin. He has baby face. Uh, he is, is it ba- bad or whatever. Brad Pitt That's doesn't right. have a good skin. And listen, I'll take Brad Pitt. I'll take him any age, <laughs> any year, any year. I'm in the room. But James, you would also take Brad Pitt any year. Oh, okay. Let's not be foolish. <laughs> I'm more of an Antonio Banderas. Who isn't, though? No one's going to fight you on Antonio. We all want Antonio. It's Desperado where we sat there and he's walking through the fire and you turned to me and you said, I get it. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, how could you not? Like, he's so beautiful. At some, it's like, that's beyond anyone's preference. That's just sex. But you're saying that's Leo for you. So I love it. So young, young Leo. Kate Winslet is stunning. Always, but always. Yeah. Kate Winslet's also to me. For me and Evergreen, I'm always Kate. I'm always Team Kate. Yeah. Got a question for you then. But have you seen Revolutionary Road, the movie they made together because they love working together so much? Which I that's what the party liked so much. They really were very good friends, and I think continue to be very good friends. I think so. Yeah. I mean, look if you have such if you're part of such a, a revolutionary film, you'll always have that connection. I cannot believe you haven't seen it. That feels like a no brainer for someone that loves Titanic so much to watch. These two, but it's not about historical. She, like Rebecca, I shouldn't speak for you. you. Rebecca, you love a historical event. She wants an event. Like, give me Shakespeare in love. What's the event in that one? Well, it's like, you know, Queen Elizabeth shows up to the, you know, oh. it's Shakespeare. He's okay. writing plays, you know. Oh, and- okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I hear you. You like a context like that. I feel like this movie is just set in the 50s to show how hard it is to be in a marriage when you're whatever. Yeah. It's no Titanic. Yeah, and that, that's okay, too. When you saw Titanic, how close to Leo was your then-boyfriend? Um, I would say nothing at all. <laughs> how close was he to Kate Winslet? <laughs> Even further. Kathy Bates? <laughs> kind of close. <laughs> Victor Garber. Who is he closest to resemble in the cast of Titanic? Uh, my boyfriend was probably a Fabrizio type. Complete with accent, I yeah. hope. <laughs> I mean, no, no, he, he, but he had a different kind of accent, a different kind of, but maybe that's why I like the accent. Who knows? Who knows? It was an accent. Has there been a movie since Titanic that has captured your attention in a way similar, if not surpassing what Titanic did? Well, Moulin Rouge. Oh yeah. Moulin Rouge. There we go. Uh, I watched that a couple of times in the movie theater. Mm -hmm. I always cry. Yep. When she dies. Me too. I cry when they sing their medley. Oh my God, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, And that to me was like, okay, I guess life is going to be okay because there will be other films <laughs> that are just... <laughs> Titanic came out in roughly 97, I think it was. Moulin Rouge was 2001. We're almost 20 years with nothing else that, that captures your heart, mind, and soul this way. I'm trying to think what movie have I just like died over have you become jaded has your passion for love stories sunk like the titanic but it took 20 years instead of two hours they don't make love stories that big anymore Uh, you're right i can't think of one that's a big recently that's a big like an epic love story like the blockbusters are star wars or or avengers and 
uh, I'm not interested. No, me either, girl. You know I don't care. The love story between Black Widow and the Hulk didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only love story I was ever interested in was in those like superhero movies was Catwoman, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Catwoman. Does she have a love story? I never saw that movie. Yeah, with Batman. Oh, with which Batman? The love story between the bat and the cat is how we got COVID-19. <laughs> oh, no, no. Please stop. No. Okay, wait. Rebecca, I got one for you. Now, listen, I looked up epic love stories. I don't think it's quite, it's obvious. Oh, yep. I have it. Good, go, have go, it. go. It's the notebook. Oh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a type. <laughs> you like a really newborn blonde baby. Look, that's all, you know. But you know what? Ryan Gosling has abs. I will get, look, he's a little, at least bit more like a man body. Oh, the notebook is rough. Except for Jenna Rollins, who I adore. And James Garner. Isn't James Garner the husband? I mean, the two of them. Like the old see, now the difference in this movie is I could watch the old couple all day. And <laughs> not the young couple. They're so yeah, good. Yeah, they're very cute. They bring the heart. They bring the heart. They oh, really a Nicholas Sparks woman you are. Hmm. What what were you gonna say, Jess, though? I was gonna say 2018, people are saying epic love story. I don't know if I'd go with it, but a star is born. Gaga oh, and yeah. Bradley Cooper. Now these people up your alley or what? Yeah, yeah. It was not historical, no. but, it, you know, Barbara Streisand is a historical. <laughs> That's right. And Judy Garland, who played it even before her. I mean, that movie's been made, like, exactly. what, 20 times? Yes, I would. I mean, listen, I think Bradley Cooper. That that did it for me. Yeah, He's a handsome man. That was, and Lady yes. Gaga's voice is, I mean, forget it. Just forget it. When she sings, everyone should leave. I just, the whole time I was like, I mean, I love you, Bradley, but get off the stage because... Lady Gaga needs to sing this song. <laughs> yeah, that movie had the feels. It was good. It had some good feels. My favorite part of that movie was the no reason, because Bradley Cooper directed that, correct? I believe he did. I'm just going to go with he did. I think he did. Um, He has a shot in there where he's getting like a shot in his behind for no reason. We don't need that particular shot, but I think Bradley Cooper's like, look how good shape I am. Yeah, I am we in. want it. We want it. And he's right. It made me laugh out loud <laughs> because it's one thing if someone else directed my movie, but if I'm directing my own movie and I'm like, you know what? You know what y'all everybody we're going to stay there an hour and a half. Cause my butt's getting some love up in here. <laughs> Credit to him for having the restraint to just do the one scene. <laughs> That's right. That's right, James. It could have been a whole bunch back to back. Every transition from every sequence could have been a cut to his butt. Right. It could have been a whole through line <laughs> about how Bradley Cooper has to go back to the doctor's office to get another <laughs> the peace story. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love that so much. The C story. <laughs> it's just his butt. <laughs> He really showed restraint. And you're right. He did direct it. Because I remember thinking, oh, good for you. You're right. You needed that shot. <laughs> uh, everything else coming up in here is like from the 80s of like epic love stories. They're all 80s movies. They don't make them like they used to. No. Last in Mohicans. That's 92. I also think that's a problematic film. Listen, who loves Dion Day-Lewis? I mean, I do, but he is not Native American. Is he supposed to be in that movie or is he adopted into the movie? I think he's, oh, you know, I don't remember if he's adopted into the tribe. Oh, you should just watch it to watch him because if you like a good looking man, you'll like that movie. I've never Listen, seen Listen, if you Last haven't seen Last of the Mohicans, I think it's worth a watch. There's some really great epic moments in that, like heart-wrenching epic moments in that movie that are just great. Yeah, I should watch that. Oh, and it's Michael Mann. Yeah, you would like it. You know what, though? For tr for true and for real, Rebecca, you, I think you need to watch it. We should talk later because it's historical. It is historical. And 
it's him. Daniel Day-Lewis is looking soups hot. Like, this is peak Daniel Day-Lewis. Well, you know, another one was Braveheart, I guess. Braveheart? It was kind of a love story. She dies in the beginning. I never saw Braveheart. Oh, geez. I just made your spoiler alert. <laughs> no, I know. But I know at the one point he loves that woman. And don't they kill her or something? Then he goes crazy. He paints his face. That's my review of Braveheart. <laughs> It has a, a love nostalgia. But I do want, I don't know why I never saw it. But anyways, so, but that has a love story in it that you enjoyed. He did it for love. Let's. He did it for love. But you know what? You're right. So let's tell Hollywood. Hey, Mr. Hollywood, are you out there? Because you need to make another epic love story because you're right. There's, where are they? They're nowhere to be found. They're nowhere to be found. So until then, we'll hold on tightly. Let go lightly. <laughs> <laughs> the titanic and if it comes back to you which it has many times every year multiple times it was meant to be (laughs) i love you if you'd like to follow jessica online you can find her on instagram at jessica underscore elena underscore eason and Elena is E-L-A-I-N-A. Jessica underscore Elena underscore Eason. You can follow me on Instagram at James underscore Eason underscore music. The show is produced and edited by me, James Eason, and the theme music is composed by me, James Eason.